trust having trust issues in my life as a as a history is such a choice at first and that honest conversation with the person that you love of saying I'm choosing trust right now. I don't feel it. And it may take a long time for me to feel trust, but I'm choosing it. And then, you know, show me that. I have to feel trust. Build the muscle and choose trust. Choose to trust that they will give you the feeling of trust. This is the Medicine Podcast. I am Mimi, mushroom queen, AHCC educator, and culinary nutrition expert. I am quite obsessed with providing the unique knowledge for those that want to prevent disease in their body, in their mind, and in their relationships. If that's you, then you are in the exact right place, my love. Let's go take the medicine. What's up, party people? Thanks for diving under the red hat with my love and I today. We love these mailbag episodes because we love connecting with you guys and hearing what's going on in your life. What are the things that you're dealing with or that you're concerned about? And if there's some insight or value we can offer you, great. Um, There were quite a few relationship questions like navigating changing your partner versus accepting them how we, Chase and I, set up boundaries with our in-laws. And there was even a question regarding porn addiction and regaining trust. Um, Chase and I are definitely not any type of relationship coaches or counselors, but we do our very best to place ourselves inside these situations and answer honestly and from the heart. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who submitted a question. We are so grateful for you. And if you think of something while you're listening or you're going about your day or really any time that you think would be a good question for the next mailbag episode, I keep an ongoing note in my phone. So you can hit me up anytime on Instagram. I am at Mimi underscore the medicine. And if you're a dude and you'd rather ask Chase, then he is at the Chasen one. Okay, I hope you thoroughly enjoy this mailbag episode under the red hat. Bye. Good morning. Good, happy Thursday morning, my love. Good morning. So happy to be here. Me too. What, uh, what's going on in your life? <laughs> <laughs> like you don't know. Uh, you see every, every single facet and part of it. I do. Sometimes we get to the like, end of the day and... There's no need to even be like, how was your day? Because like I witnessed every second of it. It's more like, so I saw your day. Uh, (laughs) How are you feeling about it? Here's how I'm feeling about your day. (laughs) I actually spent um, one day this week completely out of the office, which is just the home at this this point in uh, COVID version 99. And uh, it felt weird. I came home at like eight o'clock and I hadn't seen you since like 6 a.m. that morning and... uh, it felt like a like a long uh, journey, uh, you know, like walkabout. <laughs> walkabout that I was finally coming back to my love. So yeah, no, um, I, I kind of like those days sprinkled here and there because it's it's a nice feeling to miss, you know, to be like mm-hmm. I, I want them to come back. That's a nice feeling to have sometimes. What's the the ancient saying? Distance makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. Mm. Right. It does. Like it's in the Bible. <laughs> I think Jesus said it. He did. Yeah. Yeah. That is. That's right. Um, Jesus 11. One. <laughs> yeah. The old. It, there's only a couple of pages on, <laughs> on that chapter. But 
Ah, uh, good stuff. What you, my beautiful love, um, what do you got going on in your cup this mm. morning? Well, I, I think you can see what I got going on in my cup, but I will tell our gentle listeners. I got uh, a full frothy glass of the OGJ. That is the Organifi Green Juice. Boom. Um, and I've been having it first thing in the morning or not first thing, but early, <clears throat> early in my day around like eight or nine, um, getting the greens in me first thing. It was really part of my, uh, our, um, kind of body 2021 that we're doing the body intuition invitation. Mm. And so we're doing things, um, throughout our day and then pairing that with, journaling and really assessing how those things are incorporating into our life, assessing body, mind, and relationship. And so one of the things is bringing uh, green juice early into my day and to just get things flushed and alkaline and, and to make sure that I get it done early in the day. So that's what I have going on. And a little pro tip here for anyone who has tried or is interested in green juice um put a little splash of almond or coconut milk in there like just a splash yeah. like maybe two tablespoons and it gives this it gives it this extra like frothiness and thickness and mm -hmm. deliciousness and just makes it a tiny bit like sweeter and uh it's divine i was it just is. having that conversation with someone uh this week actually who's i i um got them set up with organifi and uh, they're doing the sunrise to sunset bundle for the purpose of body 2021, um, which if you, it, it's not too late, you know, we're only like four days into this thing, mm -hmm. get yourself a sunrise to sunset bundle. Um, That's the green, red, and gold, <clears throat> the green, red, and gold from Organifi. And, uh, yeah, use, use Mimi's code for a discount, uh, if you're interested, but back to my point, I was having that conversation with somebody and they're like, oh yeah, you know, this, this is really great, really good. Um, I've had green juices in the uh, in the past and you know this is really good it's not even um you know close to as bad as other green <laughs> juices i've had and i was like well have you tried it with almond milk or coconut milk and they're like no um they gave it a try mixed it ice cold came back and, and they weren't just like oh yeah this is good it, they were like holy shit <laughs> this is amazing yeah like i'm gonna burn through the green juice right um before the 30 days is up i don't know how to have uh, less than like two or three a day. I'm like, yeah. hell yeah. I love it. A little green um, juice pro tip. Hack. Yeah. Massive. It's a, it's literally like a shamrock shake. Mm hmm. Yeah. It's love so good. Yeah. And my body is loving it. Yeah. Good. It's great to hear. What about you? What you got in your cup, my love? Similar part of my body 2021 protocol. I have implemented, um, reishi spore king coffee into my life instead of having, um, normal coffee or espresso in the morning. And, um, I've also taken on a very intentional use of Organifi green juice, Organifi red juice and Organifi gold, uh, during the day, as well as this, um, coffee swap out and yeah, loving it, feeling great. Um, I'm also taking Organifi's, uh, balance, which is its probiotic and prebiotic supplement. That's in a little powder form and put a little bit in my coffee for like a nice little creamer type vibe uh, but also I just like to take it like a pixie stick and I've been intentionally doing a few things during this kind of body 2021 um, protocol obviously like I mentioned sunrise to sunset swapping out my coffee but what I've been trying to do for those of you who've listened in the past 
typically fast for like long periods of time up to 20 hours even before I feast mm-hmm. uh, for like a six hour window. I've been trying to, you know, continue with normal, uh, a more normalized like fasting protocol of like 12 to 16 hours. But I've also been trying to eat a little bit less uh, during the six hour window and, and thus like get my calories and my nutrients earlier in the day mm-hmm. um, because of how much I'm learning about the stress on your body from overconsumption of food. And it's not that it's uh, bad to overeat occasionally or put your body through stressors occasionally. like a, Especially when it's like whole foods. Exactly. Whole foods, you know, two, three times a week it can handle. But like your digestion and your, your overall cortisol levels can actually get impacted if you're doing that like seven days a week. So mm-hmm. um, it's something I'm trying to adjust and see what it's like is, you know, warrior fast one or two days a week instead of five to seven days a week. Um, and so with that, giving my gut kind of a break, I'm also trying to load it up with uh, probiotics and pre- prebiotic supplements so that I'm like, while it's resting from food, it is getting what it needs to mm-hmm. heal, improve, um, replant the microbiome, if you will. Um, so yeah, it's, it's working out really well. I'm only a week into this thing, but even just waking up without, um, you know, big, pile of digestion like going on in my body uh, is has been has been fruitful it's been yeah. energetic and um i'm excited about it i love that you're just playing around and see see how your body likes it and not getting stuck into one way i know that's been kind of a vice of both of us in the past is like well this works so i'm gonna keep doing it basically every day yeah and allowing yourself that freedom to step outside and color outside the lines yeah is um not only good, but I think important for both of us to flex that. I feel like the more I learn and whether that be through like traditional learning of taking courses and listening to advisors and reading books, as well as just like listening to my divine intelligence in my own body and what it's actually telling me, Mm -hmm. the importance of variation and customization and seasonality and not to demonize really anything um, yeah. and to listen, if you have a negative response to something, whether that be food, exercise, thought patterns, um, that there's a deeper reason why, and to drill into that, mm-hmm. to listen to the message that your soul or your body is trying to give yeah. you. I mean, and, that's the whole point of the body intuition invitation. Totally. That was our, our thought process behind this is like, instead of, you know, leaning towards a, a, you know, new diet that someone else wrote for you or a new workout regimen or whatever. It's like, we're still bringing healthy habits into our life in the form of red, green, gold every day. So you are getting more healthy things. But the biggest part of it is really like assessing and sitting down and getting still and quiet with yourself and listening. Yeah. Like we created this little tagline for body 2021 that transforming anything starts with listening and observing. And that's, uh, what seems to be a ninja life skill these days because you could have you open your Instagram and, and see 100 people telling you how to live your life and Mm -hmm. what you, what you need and listening to yourself is always going to be, the best plan yeah but it's a skill you have to like develop it like a muscle absolutely and case in point i'm so i'm so guilty of being either zero or a hundred i'm doing this every single day or i'm not doing it at all yeah i'm eating this way or i'm not eating this way at all and case in point would be that we enjoy 
the healthy treat that is, you know, carb conscious in nature, ketogenic in nature, where mm-hmm. there's very low sugar, but there may be these other like sort of tricks to make them still taste sweet or delicious. And sometimes those can be gut disrupting um, because of just like the literal nutritional density that's in these foods, even though they're healthy, it can be gut disrupting. And so instead of being like, I'm going to have this seven days a week or I'm going to have it zero, having it like on a Friday night or a Saturday mm-hmm. night as a treat and as a um, something that's fun, that's the approach that is so weirdly enough hard for me to take on, um, but is what is like the ideal version of myself is, is yeah. customization, optimization, um, listening and having that intuition into what I want. Yeah. Love it. If you guys want to hear more about, uh, the, the body invitation, um, episode 53 goes into our thinking behind it, even though we just shared it, um, but goes into all the details. So it's definitely not too late to jump aboard if you want. And, uh, after this episode, go listen to 53 and you can get all the details. Speaking of this episode, we got a good one for you guys. We love doing mailbag type episodes where we have a few questions from from listeners, from followers, and we are excited to jump into what you guys uh, gave to us today. There are some... Thank you for submitting questions yeah. and comments and feedback. Thank it's you so amazing. much. Yeah. My, my, my <clears throat> DMs and my, my LinkedIn, my Instagram... I'm seeing people in in public yeah. and they're hitting me up and like, I literally, you guys, I'm loving the celebrity status. So thank Chase, you. <laughs> Chase got noticed at a restaurant here in um, San Diego by a, a listener of ours, Jessica, shout out. Big shout out, Jess, that I saw you at Trilogy Sanctuary in San Diego. Yeah. Much love. Um, and recognized you by your voice, right? And your Organifi mm-hmm. zip up. Yep. Uh, it was actually a tank top. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So. Yeah. The guns were out. The guns were out. That was like the <laughs> third data point for validation. <laughs> oh, yes. I love it. I love that you got to experience that celebrity. It was nice. <laughs> All right. You ready to jump into some, some questions? There's some light ones, but there's also a few like pretty pretty deep, pretty heavy mm-hmm. ones. We're going to do our best to navigate around these. Obviously, you guys know we're not marriage counselors. We're not any sort of like relationship coaches. We've navigated through some shit in our lives. Mm. But, and I I like to think that we have a a kind of healthy perspective overall. But again, just want to say like this, this is going to be our opinion, our perspective. We're not coaches. We're not counselors. This is just our first initial thoughts and viewpoints on it. Totally. Yep, not an expert, not a coach, but if we can be relatable yeah, and take some of these challenging things and help break them apart and redefine them, uh, make them bite-sized, yeah, that's uh, good. All right, ready? Set. Okay, the first one is, and I'm just going to keep people anonymous here because there's kind of some details. So she says, are there things you would change in your partner? How do you navigate that? Trying to change versus accepting. Thanks. Mm. And I'll let you go first on this, but um, I think I'm just going to start out by saying that this is, um, this is a a really common thought. I think a lot of people have, and I think that there's a huge myth around this topic, but I'll let you start. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Curious to see what you have to say before looking at the options, like, 
there's an option. It's, you know, like, it's, so what it seems like is this question is like a fork in the road. Do I just accept it or mm-hmm. do I, um, you know, tell them to change? And maybe <clears throat> take a hot second and if you have not already, sit in a little meditation on this. Um, dig into the depth of where these questions are coming from. You know, maybe start asking yourself why. Potentially, there is a reason that you're feeling a particular way that you might want to change your partner because of something that is within you. You know, look at it for for a minute in in a meditative state, in a reflective state as, hey, is this thing that bothers me about them potentially a reflection of something that is bothering me about me? Um, maybe it's a trigger from past trauma. Um, maybe it is something that yeah, like triggers your fight or flight response. Um, you know, we've jokingly used the example of, you know, why doesn't he clean up his laundry, his socks, et cetera, and leaves them everywhere, which is a case for me. I leave my shit literally everywhere. <laughs> um, and so maybe it's like, does that remind me of potentially the relationship with my father who did that similarly? And that was like an unstable, unsafe environment. And therefore it's triggering this like negative response in you. And you would want them to change just to avoid that feeling. However, maybe it's something that is coming from a place of love. You love this person so much that you're witnessing a behavior that actually comes from your desire for them to be balanced, to be happy, to be somewhat stable due to the fact that this behavior pattern that they're putting out there is actually truly harmful to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that maybe like step back for a second, mm-hmm. sit in reflection and try to identify the source and or the why of this particular like fork in the road moment. I think once you do that, I mean, it comes down to having safe conversations, right? Um, Setting containers like we've talked about in the past for authentic, real conversations with your significant other or with your Mm -hmm. partner and identifying if there's an opportunity for one change, um, I would never say just like silently accept it because that really to me just means compartmentalized. It creates bitterness. Bitterness is this little pool of something that will grow and fester. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so after post reflection, even before making a choice independently in isolation, sit down with your significant other in a moment of uh, no stress, you know, take the moment to be like, Hey, let's, you want to do a coffee date or something? And mm-hmm. I'd love to just kind of check in on life and, yeah. and gosh, things are so busy. This world is wild. Let's yeah. just, let's take a little moment for you and me and just kind of check in with where we are. And then once that, you know, fight or flight response is very evidently low or mm-hmm. non-existent, <clears throat> bring up some of those things. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's my thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious what you have to say. Um, the first thought that I had is similar to kind of what you said, but it's kind of asking yourself and examining what is the actual root of what you want to change. So there could be big things. There could be small things. There could be like moral, ethical values that are really, really important in the relationship, obviously, but there could be like little annoyances as well where, um, you know, asking yourself, is this important? Is this actually important? 
and then taking into account, is this because of a past trauma or is this just because I get annoyed because I am always having to pick up his socks? Yeah. Right. And when I sit and I've asked myself this because in part one of our relationship that that still existed, like Chase has this um, incredible ability to take off his socks and just leave them. And (laughs) I've gotten to the point where I don't care because I've asked myself, is this important? And it's really not. I was putting, at the time when I was getting annoyed, I was putting pressure on myself to keep a perfectly clean condo or apartment or whatever. And I wanted to make sure that everything was like in order and then clean and this and that. And it actually wasn't that important. There's a lot more things that are way more important in our relationship. So I think asking yourself, is this important? Or or is it something that's just a simple like annoyance, right? And if it's a simple annoyance, I am proof that you can get you can get to the point where you're you you tell yourself enough times that's not important. It's really not important. Yeah. It's really not important. Um, if it's something big, I totally agree with you that if it's something that where the person is like harming themselves or it's it's a it's a big moral or ethical issue in your relationship i think healthy conscious dialogue around it not pointing the finger and saying you always do this you never do this in a way where it's going to trigger his or her fight or flight response where they're going to get defensive mm-hmm. they're going to be like no screw you i don't do that like you always do this you always do that that's not going to get anywhere <clears throat> Um, how I would approach this if it was truly something that I wanted to see differently in our relationship, I would ask for a check-in, like you said, and uh, we do this often. Um, and once, like you said, like it's a safe environment, then I would bring it up in a way of, you know, I, I could really use more of this. And yeah. what that would provide me is you know, feeling safe or feeling calm or, you know, a release of anxiety that I can feel is building up. When you keep it within your experience of whatever the thing is that's that's causing you anxiety or stress or whatever, if this is towards a man, if he's a good man, he's going to want to kind of like come to your rescue and help. And um, this can be used in small cases or with larger issues. So, um, but I think the myth that I was talking about uh, and first was the myth that there is someone out there who completes you completely. And that's just not true. There will always be little things that you wish were different. Chase wishes with all of his being that I would zip things up and screw lids on more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yes>. And... <laughs> This is a very real, raw example, you guys. Um, And that's the thing that you wish was different about me, right? Mm -hmm. Like there will always be those little things and maybe some big things too. But I think getting still, examining the root of it and asking yourself, is this actually important and being honest? And then if it still is something that you would love to see different, um, having conscious conversation in a way where he doesn't feel cornered or defensive. Yeah perfectly put here's the slippery slope those little things if we're if if this is a scenario where there's a little thing socks screwing on lids zipping things up you know throwing stuff away in the refrigerator that's like old and moldy that can be the freaking 
tipping point of a lot of other stuff that's bothering you. But Mm -hmm. I guarantee you those little things liquidate. They go away when you have true connection and intimacy as the majority of your relationship. Because then you look at those things as like, that is one of the things that makes this person who they are. The reason they're free and creative and unconstrained and and create these beautiful things in life is the same reason that they don't actually get bothered by things on the ground, you know, Mm -hmm. cleaning little bits up or, or tying up tiny little loose ends because they're, it's immaterial to them. It's insignificant to them. And in that same polarity, there's creativity and freedom and, um, that expression that is unconstrained, uh, because of it. So you, if you have that awareness and have that, like those moments of where you see those types of positive things in your relationship, the little things will be so much less significant. However, mm-hmm. if there's a lack, those could be the freaking tipping point, right. you know? Yeah. Yep. I totally agree. Ready for the next one? Yes. All right. How did you find courage and overcome doubt when you started your new career and own business? This is a good one. Um, do you want me to go first? Yeah. Yeah. Take it away. Um, well, my first thought when I see this is that (laughs) I didn't overcome it, you know, like I didn't get to a point where I didn't feel some level of doubt or insecurity or like WTF am I doing? Like, what is this actually? Especially, you know, going from if, if anyone listening doesn't know, I've, I'm a dental hygienist and practiced clinically for seven years, transitioned out of that and literally didn't know how I was going to get paid, how I was going to make money, but I just knew that there was something else. And worst case scenario, I could always go back to the job that I love, I was really good at and made a good amount of money. So there was this kind of like safety net for my situation where it was like, if I branch out and it doesn't work out, that's okay because I actually love, I love what I do. I love being a hygienist. So I will say that there was that little safety net for me. But with that, there still was doubt and insecurity and like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. But when you, when you show up for yourself every day and get little things done every day and you don't, it sounds so cliche, but when you tell yourself that you're not going to quit, um, over something really little, like, well, I can't figure out the shipping software. I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't figure out, you know, making a website or whatever. There's these little hindrances that are going to come up without a doubt where you feel the urge to be like, well, I guess this is it. But when you continue to show up for yourself, ask help, ask for help when you can and when you need it, and you you give yourself these little wins over and over and over and over, and along the way you tell yourself, I do hard things, I can do hard things, I follow through, I can figure it out. That's a simple change in like the verbiage that you give to yourself is like, you know, for me, like an insecurity was like numbers and budgeting and and margins and, you know, cost of goods sold. And, but when you continue to show up for yourself in those little things, it's almost like it accumulates into this big feeling of like, no, look back on the last year. And I did a lot of little things and figured it out for myself. And that honestly, like builds confidence around yourself because you might not, you might come to, you will come to more things where you've never done this. There's no evidence to your brain 
that you can figure it out aside from the fact that you figured out a hundred little things before this. So even though this thing is actually new, I have confidence that I can figure it out because I have thus far. And if I really, really can't, I get to a stopping point. I have so many people in my network, in my family, my friends, that maybe I could just sit down with and be like, hey, how would you address this? Maybe there's something that I'm missing. And that's my initial take on this. But I would say, you know, getting into it, I'm two years into owning a business and like really seeing growth. And I still don't have it all figured out. There's still days where I'm like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to figure it out. And luckily I have you now to help me with that and be kind of like a sounding board for some clarity and sanity sometimes. But yeah. it still comes up. You don't want you don't want to know how to do it. That's right. boring. Right. Um, everybody has played games. And who wants to play the same level over and over and over and over that they know exactly? Right. You know, like you always want to keep pushing. That unknown is is fun. That's what makes it um, a creative opportunity. And to give you credit and observation of that whole process for you, leaving very st- stable, consistent, ritualistic job into entrepreneurship, you did what is pretty unique in the sense that you put all of your energy into one space. I think what the, the an often really easy thing to do is like, I'll start doing this on the side, and then when it's big enough, I'll just easily transition. Yeah. That is so hard to do. People can do it, but it is very unique to run your passion on the side or in the or in the extra hours, evenings, weekends, and then keep that stable job that's giving you the paycheck. What's hard if you don't like and so different example, you 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 jumped all in. You mm-hmm. left the last the the previous job and you went all in. I think that when you do that, you come to those moments of, man, I don't know how to do this. The person who's still getting that consistent, stable paycheck, things they know how to do, they're confident in, they hit the adversity in the hustle or the side business and they go, oh my God, I'm just going to go back to doing what I know how to do. Mm-hmm. It's easier. There's, there's there's that option. In your case, it was like, oh damn, I put all of my yeah. energy into this thing yeah. and I can't take, I don't know this for an option. Mm-hmm. And that might not work for everyone. Honestly, you might have a family, you might have kids where it's like, you got to think about, okay, how am I actually going to get paid here? Mm -hmm. There's some level of reality. Like everyone's, everyone's situation is different. So I would take that with a grain of salt and recognize for your situation, what makes the most sense. But quick answer is you're never going to overcome, you're never going to overcome it completely. Yeah. And you don't want it to. No, it's great. Hello. If you've ever dealt with persistent, frustrating, tear-inducing acne like I have, then listen up, my friend. Don't push fast forward because I have some acne insight for you. These are tips that you may not have heard before. First is that you should be washing your face with lukewarm water, the temperature that you would bathe a baby in. When you use really hot water to wash your face, you're essentially burning your skin and creating DNA and oxidative damage, making you look older and have deeper wrinkles. Second is the best anti-acne diet is no sugar and no dairy. I know, I know, both those things are fun, but cut them out and you could see your skin really change very quickly. 
third is that if you're taking biotin supplements, this could be gasoline on the acne fire because of what's called retention hyperkeratinosis. This is a big word for excess proteins building up in your pores, which actually, which is actually what makes all acne possible. I was taking biotin supplements thinking that it was healthy for my skin, but now I know it was really just fueling the fire. So lay off the biotin and see if that helps. You guys, I've been through the ringer for three years now trying to heal my active breakouts and then trying to heal my acne scars. The skincare line I use now, which has helped my acne scars just melt off my face, is Clear Stem Skincare. They are anti-acne and anti-aging with zero hormone disruptors. I personally use the Vitamin Scrub, Clarity Serum, and the Cell Renew Serum. And my face just is loving it. Ugh, I get compliments on my skin all the time now, which feels so good after this three-year battle. ClearStem is super intentional and transparent. They have all their ingredients listed on their website, as well as a pore clogging list that you can cross-reference with your makeup and hair products to see if there's something that you're missing. Then they also have a personalized quiz that helps you get to the bottom of what may be causing your acne because I know this, it can be really difficult to figure it out on your own. It definitely was for me. So go to clearstemskincare.com and use the code MIMIFIT, M-I-M-I-F-I-T when you check out to get your hefty discount. I know you're going to love this stuff. Cheers, boo. All right. This one is a good one. I think that a lot of couples deal with this. How do you both deal with in-laws and setting boundaries? And this may be one that we've addressed just in organic conversation on the podcast before, but I do like it as a question because, you know, if you're in a long-term relationship or marriage, like you're likely going to have to deal with in-laws or parents, like, and, and how to do that consciously and, and maintain good relating between your partner and your your family and in-laws mm-hmm. you want to go first yeah i mean there's a lot that goes into this i absolutely love uh, my in-laws uh, there's a lot of them and i love them they're seriously some of my best friends but um an easy question to always ask and a mindset shift before you ask it would be their family for sure Um, but that once you are in a really committed, intimate, um, partnership or relationship that becomes a family in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And that is your family now. And what is, what is a helpful question reframing the family dynamic from that sense is in that it's the two of us or the three of us. If you have a, a child or a pet or something, um, consistently asking, does this fill up my family's cup, meaning the two or three before I'm able to give out of love to my in-laws, to my own family or parents that I come from. Um, And in the case of, you know, like we've done this in the past, it may mean, great, let's do in-law event XYZ only after or only if we are completely full, if we are aligned, if we are feeling connected. Mm -hmm. And if not, we have to make sure that we're prioritizing us. Mm-hmm. That will serve you. That can that can really prevent a lot of potential 
issues with in-laws or even with your significant other uh, with that like reframing. Yeah. And I'm not saying well, we have it figured out. <clears throat> we, go, we go home and we have family all over the place and it's stressful as all hell. Yeah. But at the same time, like if you're reframing and consistently asking, does this serve my family and me and our, our family's cup? Mm-hmm. Um, then yeah, this is great. If not, like we need to reprioritize, make sure that we're filling it before we move on to something else. Yeah. If that's, it's really theoretical, but no, I think it's great because I think there is this, and I, I sense it in me and this is something that I and we are still working on. Surely not you, Shirley. I'm not calling you Shirley. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Um, but this, this assessment of like, where is our relationship at? Because that's really the centerpiece of everything else, right? And it, it should be. If we're really, if we're really, um, if we're really striving for a conscious relationship, that takes priority. That takes precedent over everything. It should. And if you guys, uh, you know, they're asking, how do you? deal with in-laws and setting boundaries. So it sounds like there maybe is some breach of a boundary Mm. where, you know, we don't have that as much. We want to see all of our family. We want to go visit. We want to do this. We want to do that. There's not as much of like feeling really breached, but if that was the case, um, we would absolutely both sit down and have a conversation with that party, with whether it's parents or siblings or yeah. whatever, um, who are breaching that you know container of your relationship or whatever. It's, I I think the more transparent and honest you are while being loving, framing it in a loving way, saying like, hey, you know, our priority in life is is this relationship and this family unit that we have, and this is this is what we are going to need to continue to feel, um, to feel uh, connected in that space. And it includes, you know, this from you X, Y, Z. And what that would provide for us is X, Y, Z. I think we have experienced it and it was our, in our marriage. Yeah. Um, both physically breached, like, Oh my God, we're spending too much time with parents and, uh, siblings, et cetera. Yeah. Also energetic. We're getting guilt we're letting guilt from our family in on our relationship because we're not, you know, spending enough time with them. We're not visiting them enough, um, et cetera, et cetera. And so we have experienced it and actually given into those types of things, um, or, or taken, given the priority to our like blood family over the new creation of our relationship. Um, I was kind of thinking part two versus part one. Yeah. yeah, Part one. And part one, we've had the conversations with, Hey, I, when those moments of like guilt, in the sense of like, you're not spending enough time with, you know, family X, Y, Z, the reframe and the conversation of, I know, but, but I have to prioritize Mm -hmm. my relationship now. And with us, we're fortunate enough to be like, Hey, we kind of fucked it up the first time around. And it's so important and critically important to take every step perfectly. This part two, um, that we've gotten nothing from support when we've had to give that feedback. Uh, mm-hmm. and to uh, that boundary feedback to family. Um, but it can be a helpful conversation if the explanation is given that mm-hmm. we have to prioritize yeah. us 
take it back to your experience. Yeah. And, and that's really across the board, whether you're talking to a partner or a friend or a family member, bring it back to your experience. And this is what we're c- currently experiencing right now. And in order for us to go deeper and stay connected in our relationship, it would be really be helpful if this happened, you mm-hmm. know, f- from you and, and really use that, like give them an outcome. What that would provide for us is kind of like less stress and, and more safety in the connection that we have. And we're able to go deeper together. Yeah. Mm. Beautifully said. <laughs> All right, next one, next question. This one's kind of a fun, light one. How many different mushroom supplements can you take together? Is it possible to overdo it? (laughs) I mean, yes, it is possible to overdo it, but it depends, you know, person to person. You can definitely overdo a psychedelic drug, uh, (laughs) or a psychedelic mushroom, I should say. I don't want to call it a drug. Um, Definitely, Uh, but... I have taken medicinal mushrooms. I've taken nine different medicinal mushrooms for 45 days straight, um, about three grams in total a day. And I don't know what overdue, uh, what, what ceiling that would look like past three grams of mushrooms a day, but I've definitely pushed the limits and I felt amazing. Um, the, for the ramp up the first week or so, there was a little bit of a like digestive, like what are you gurgling putting in my body type vibe from my body? Like that little messaging was like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure a lot of that was like a detoxification um, response as well, because I was putting amazing healthy adaptogens in my body that were probably assisting and clearing out some of the garbage. Um, but yeah, unless you have, again, y- don't take this like m- medical wisdom. Every person is different. And so there can definitely be a response from changing up anything in your diet or your supplementation protocol, um, or, or the, the supplement serving sizes. If you're, if you're increasing them, your body can Mm -hmm. have an interesting response. Um, so definitely listen to your body and ramp up. And that was more of an experiment that you were doing with Mm -hmm. yourself. Like that wasn't something that, you know, we're recommending for every person, like get nine every day. Like that was just kind of something fun that you were doing to see, like, I want, I want to know how I feel, you know, getting off supplements and, and, you know, substituting them with all different types of mushrooms. Yeah. I cut every supplement that I take and I take a lot of them, uh, and swapped them out just for nine different, um, medicinal mushroom powders and, yeah, put a, put a little put a little trial. It was great. Yeah. Um, I would say yes and no. I would say for for us, uh, I don't. Uh, I think we, if it was possible to overdo it, we would have done that by now for us. Um, and what I mean by that is, every morning I have a coffee elixir with five or six different mushroom or mushroom products. Um, and they're, they're different every day. And that's what I do each and every day. Um, and I've honestly like my body, um, my insides have never felt better in my life. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I've never felt better than I do now on the inside. And so I think I know that, you know, constant and regular dose of these important and medicinal mushrooms in my body has really, really um, helped with that. But I will say also for anyone who's listening, whose toxicity bucket is very full, meaning you haven't gone down the road of 
clearing, you know, getting your lymph, getting your lymph system healthy, getting your elimination healthy, you know, going through that order of operations to really detoxify your body and in the right order. You know, episode 40 with Emily Morrow, we talk about this, where if your toxicity bucket is really full and you just go full steam ahead and try to like, for instance, detox heavy metals first, and maybe you're having three cups of King coffee per day, those reishi spores are going to feel extremely potent and you might have some, uh, some negative side effects because you haven't gone through the proper channels of opening your lymph system, opening your drainage, and then then addressing, you know, liver support, kidney, and then going up the ladder of this detox. So I will say for some people, you know, one packet of King coffee could be too much for them because their toxicity bucket is so full because their body is dealing with so much. These mushrooms can be really potent. So it's individual. Absolutely. You and I are in a really good place where we're relatively generally very healthy that might not be the case for other people who are listening um so a good place to start is honestly um blood work and listening to episode 21 and 40 with emily morrow those are my two or our two most downloaded episodes for good reason and if you are dipping your toes into the world of medicinal mushrooms and you are feeling like groggy or tired or run down or, you know, kind of like flu-like symptoms, you might need to start slower, maybe yeah. with a quarter of a packet or half a packet. Yeah. Um, I would say, I would say that. Yeah. Start with the serving size, see how it goes. Yeah. If it feels like it's too much to listen to your body, right. take, take it down a little bit. Um, if it still feels like too much. Maybe don't take it at all and get deeper. And like you said, go get blood work right. or something. It's not necessarily that that kind of detox, <clears throat> those detox sim- symptoms are bad per se, but they, they can feel gross in the body. Like yeah. I've also talked to projectile people, diarrhea. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I've also talked to people who have felt those, some of those symptoms and they push through it for a week and then they're gone. Yeah, totally. So it's really, really individual. So I can't answer this question with all black and white certainty. It's going to depend on what your personal situation is. And instead of shooting in the dark, you can always try, but instead of shooting in the dark, Make sure you've got like regular blood work and you're you're addressing your body as a whole, mm-hmm. not just looking at mushrooms <clears throat> as the one-stop shop fix for everything. Even though they are. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's really part of a whole lifestyle that you, you create and that is, is, is regularly healthy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> This is not a question, but your love story is so beautiful. I hope this can bring a smile to you both. Thank you, Nicole. That's Thanks, so nice Nicole. of you. All right. Last question. I saved the heaviest for last. And, um, oh man, should I go pee first? Yeah, maybe. All right. <laughs> All right we're back, everybody. <laughs> okay. So last question of the mailbag episode. Definitely a heavy one. Okay. My husband was a porn addict. Trust is just not there for me. Any advice on moving forward to healing? Mm. This is a a hard one. Um, One, because it's just a really sensitive topic. I know for a lot of people, a lot of women, a lot of men. Um, But it's also hard for us to answer because 
that's never been like an issue in our relationship. So all of my answers would be either, either taking other, other examples from our relationship and trying to do my best to answer or really trying to put myself in your shoes and imagine what I would do if that was you and I, we're going to have to take these, take these answers with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, do you want me to go first? Do you want to? I want you to go first, but first I want to say, as a man, um, I've looked at porn. Uh, yeah, totally. When I was a kid and then as an adult, it's so readily available. It's insane. You sometimes can't even help but end up looking at porn. Um, not by, by like literally clicking on the wrong thing, right? It's like literally everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, it's it hasn't been a problem in my adult life. Thank Christ. Um, even to the, to the point of like, I did intentionally look at it one time when I was uh, single, when we were divorced and I was pretty like mortified <laughs> at what is actually out there. I thought I was going to be just looking at like naked people and it's pretty intense. Like it's really, really uh, intense. All that being said, I know so many um, who, who this is like a legitimate problem to the point that like, I know their intentions are like, I'm trying to get over this thing. Mm -hmm. I don't want to look at this thing. I completely disagree with everything that it, that it is and it stands for. And so many intentions are pure, but damn, this is a hard, hard thing to kick. And so like putting that out there, knowing guys, I get it and nothing but love and support for this. Because it is not as easy as it seems mm-hmm. to kick. Right. So yeah. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah. And I'm going to take the stance of really, because there's nothing really in our relationship right now that mirrors this enough that I would have a good answer of like experientially, this is what I've done and it's, it's helped or whatever. So this is really hard because it stems, you know, this kind of secrecy or this addiction, this, this hiding Um, I think has a root in the fact that, uh, sex is everywhere in our culture, yet it's still this hush hush thing that we're not supposed to talk about in public, in school, in Bible study, in whatever it's, it's like, there's this dirty part of it where we feel like as a whole, I'm, I'm speaking generally, there is still this hush hush about it. And I wish that wasn't so so significant or so much because, you know, even in my, my own life, like feeling like having certain thoughts or thinking certain things or saying certain things is like dirty or gross or bad. And I think this is a part of humanity and a part of, uh, just being a person that gets squashed and then it it causes people to, I'm not saying that people shouldn't take uh, responsibility for their actions. Absolutely. You are, you are ultimately the one that's going to be pushing the button and deciding that you're going to do it for sure. But I think there is this little bit of a root in the fact that it is so secret hush hush mm-hmm. and that we can't talk about it openly, you know, uh, with our parents or whatever. Like right. I'd be mortified if I was talking to my mom about, you know, certain things. So that's really hard. Um, I think that if I was in this particular position and it sounds like she says my my husband was a porn addict so it sounds like he's gotten past it to some degree and that there is but but it's hard to 
forget or get images out of your head or, you know, let go of that bitterness as a female, maybe like thinking about, well, I must not be desirable. I must not be beautiful enough for him. He, I must not be sexy enough for him. That's probably where my mind would go is Mm -hmm. like, what's, what is better about them? What am he, what is he not getting from me that he has to go somewhere else? I must not be enough. So there is going to be some level of um, examining that she's going to have to do, getting to the root of why don't you want to trust him? Well, he hurt me really bad. Like this mm-hmm. really hurts and I'm not enough. I must not be enough for him. So there is going to be work that you have to work on your relationship, but at the same time work on that like self-love and building that back up. So that I would definitely dive deep into that for sure. How I would address you if, it, if this was a problem for us Um, just realistically, I would need to really feel from you that it was something that you wanted to be out of, that you, I really felt that it was, I don't want to do this. I'm really trying and that it was genuine. Um, then I would also to provide me more like ability to trust. I would need, uh, you know, a few like data points or steps that you're going to take to limit your accessibility. Maybe it's, you know, getting, I don't even know what, what there are in this, in this world, but I'm sure there is like certain security or whatever around your internet or maybe around your phone or certain steps that you can take to put a lock on certain websites or, you know, whatever. Um, I'm not saying that I would need to stand over your shoulder and watch you do it, like watch you put these things into place, but probably realistically, I'm just thinking that I would, I would want to know from you, what are those things that you're placing into your life to, to limit the, like, I guess, temptation or accessibility. Mm-hmm. Then I would also have, I would want to have an open dialogue about, you know, if there is something that you wish was uh, happening or available within our sex life, within our intimacy, Um, you know, and then I would, it sounds weird, but I would want to like dig into like what, what about that is attractive to you? And is there any way that we could, when you get to a good point where you feel like having this dialogue, is there any, is there any way that we could bring something into our relationship that, Uh, maybe hasn't been there that maybe is a fantasy of yours and maybe you're ashamed to talk about it um, because you you thought that I wouldn't want to go there or that I wouldn't want to do that. I think opening yourself as the feminine to say like, hey, we're in this. I love you. We're in this. I want to be with you. I'm attracted to you. You're sexy to me. I want to have sex with you. I want to make sure our sex is super great and connected. What can we bring into our life to... um, maybe create more, uh, more of what you were, you felt like you were missing or that you needed to go outside to get. And I would just, and this is a great tool too, um, for later on when you're having this conversation, um, from our good friend Lex, she's a sex coach and she, uh, we have an, an episode with her. I'll link it in the show notes. She talks about this list called the want will won't list. And this is a great tool for people, um, to go through and, um, to, uh, 
to get on the same page for what you want about what you want from your sex life, what you are, what you would do if it turned the other person on or if they desired it. And then what you won't do, what you're not into like whatsoever. So it gets you it's one, it's kind of like a fun, funny tool to use. You're going to have some, some jokes probably and some laughs because there's some like weird stuff on there. I'm just going to say, but it also like opens the dialogue and creates a safe container for you to have this conversation and to yeah. maybe bring more in. Yeah. You're, um, hitting on the point that I wanted to make. Uh, and, but before I do that, I'm going to go back a little bit to trust, trust, having trust issues in my life as a, as a history is such a choice at first and that convert that honest conversation with the, the person that you love of saying i'm choosing trust right now mm-hmm. i don't feel it i don't feel it and it may take a long time for me to feel trust but i'm choosing it because and then and then you know show me that i have to feel trust and that muscle is more important to build to me than um setting compartments and containers like if you have had cheating in your relationship for instance to say i'm trusting you but you need to show me your text messages and your dms all the time that is not building the muscle so I, for, that may be an appropriate approach in cer- certain circumstances but long-term sustainability build the muscle and choose trust choose to trust that they will give you the feeling of trust and you know start with that have that honest mm-hmm. conversation um, back to my other point that you were kind of hinting on is what is it about porn um, or about transactional sex? You know, Tinder, just one night stand fucking, like all these types of things that are very transactional, pornographic in nature. Well, they're easy. They're cheap. They're, uh, they're tasty and they're addicting. That is not unlike sugar and these things of pleasure and dopamine. And they're pleasurable. You know, that is one of them, which is this is a dopamine chemical response that is really, really strong. The way to navigate around, if that's all you know, and you haven't felt this other hormone called serotonin, this other feeling of fulfillment and satiation, that is going to be really hard to navigate out of. So build not unlike what you'd have to do to circumvent garbage sugary addicting food educate start taking on practices and modalities that support another way of being in the using the example of food if i'm trying to get around of garbage food snacks um sugar i'm getting into what a whole food uh lifestyle looks like i'm learning about farming I'm going to farmer's markets or grocery stores and shopping organic. I'm making it a ceremony. I'm, I'm sharing it with my partner. I'm learning about these, you know, seasonal root vegetables and, um, you know, grass-fed, grass-finished, free-range uh, animal meats. And I'm learning about this process in order to put together a beautiful, fulfilling meal with my significant other. We're learning about this together. You're still going to have those cravings. You're going to f- see an ice cream shop and be like, holy shit, I'm, I'm literally going to plow a box of ice cream right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it will, be, it will be so much less tempting if you've learned and you've experienced the beautiful, 
fulfilling element of what whole food, natural Mm -hmm. food experience and dining looks like and a ritual. Mm -hmm. Make it a part of your life. Make it so important. Maybe make it this piece of connection with your partner. Going back out, zooming back out, sex. Instead of saying, don't look at porn, invest that energy that is freaking killing you that you want to like cruise on to boobs.com i don't know what it is uh or or even like you know tinder and redirect that into building uh educating yourself on what healthy really awesome connection looks like taking on modalities and practices like the will want won't list and investing that energy redirecting it into the exploration the trial and the ultimate building of an incredible sex life Even if it's clunky at first, Mm -hmm. even if it's weird, it's going to be probably it is have those conversations, start building that ceremony because eventually you're going to have that fulfilling experience and the quick dopamine rush, the dopamine pleasure of the sugar or the porn will be so much less tempting. Yeah. It's not, it's not going to go away. Right. And you're speaking to the, the man in this situation, right? And yeah. you, you addressed like her question of, uh, how do you, how do I begin to, to trust? And, um, you mentioned like you have to choose. And I think telling the person is really important mm-hmm. as well. I'm, I'm, I'm choosing trust. I don't yeah. feel it yet, but I'm choosing it. It's almost like living in the future, living in the vibration that you want to exist in, but choosing that now, even though it's not through and through felt. And, you know, going back to like the kind of, um, you know, lock on the computer or, or, um, you know, browsing history, security, whatever. I don't even know what those things are, but I'm not saying that she needs to tell him to do that. I'm speaking to the masculine saying like, limit like make it harder for yourself make it harder especially in the beginning when it it's 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 just there it's easy you know make it harder for yourself and then in those eight seconds that it takes to like well i could still get in if i went this way or that way you can recognize that you're in that like thought pattern that thought loop that you've been in and if you truly want to change you in those extra eight seconds that it takes You can say, no, she's, she's choosing trust. I'm going to honor that. Set yourself up for success. And I do not keep golden grams in my cupboards. (laughs) Right. I can't can't resist. Right. We don't buy the junk food. Yeah. um, Because if it's around, there's a good chance that it will be eaten at some point. Yep. Whether it's a late night or we, whatever, like if it's easy, if it's accessible, there's a higher probability. So we just don't even buy it. And um, then we choose to fill our life with so many other good, nutritious, delicious foods that I I honestly like don't think about it that much. Mm -hmm. So it's not, I will say to the feminine who's asking this, it's not all on him. It's not all on him. You have to put yourself, or I would, I'll speak to myself. if, If this were me, I would put myself in a position where, he doesn't feel ashamed 
or guilty that you're not consistently like slapping him in the face with it. Like, yeah, well, you know, you have that problem or this or that. Like if you're choosing trust, choose to live in that future that you want to be in where you're not slapping him in the face with it, Mm -hmm. where you are opening yourself up that he feels safe to maybe tell you about some of the like fantasies that he has. And maybe it's cool. Maybe it's stuff that you would want to do too, but you don't know until you have that conversation and really show him that you're open Mm -hmm. and then that will provide safety and trust and a container for him to share with you. And then it just creates more healthy connection, healthy intimacy and healthy dialogue around sex. Yeah. Mm. That's a hard one. That's hard. It's, uh, but it's real. And I appreciate the, you know, the honesty and the, and the, like, let's all work through this. This is a thing. And, um, trust is a, is a, across everything, every space in life and addiction and that relationship between pleasure and fulfillment is a balance. And it's, I don't know if it's 80, 20, uh, or 90, 10 or 60, 40, but there, there is a balance and it's not one answer fits everything. So I'm happy to be in this with you, everybody trying to figure this out. Yeah. It's a hard one, but yeah, thank you so much. So much gratitude for all of you who uh, sent a question in. They were really good ones, good broad array of topics and um, so grateful to everyone listening and everyone who contributes and um, yeah, let us know your thoughts. If you think something else or if you think we're way off, let us know, hit us up. Yeah. Um, you know what question I'm going to mm. ask? Are you ready? I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready for this. I haven't thought about it. Um, yeah, I have it. Okay. What for you, my love, on this beautiful, clear Thursday in San Diego, what for you feels like medicine for you today? Medicine for me today is I have for the first time in like five or six weeks, a personal training session with my main man, Steven Steigler. Shout out. uh, Oh, it's so good. We're going to hit some upper body today. Um, I used to personal train in order to get out of my, you know, fitness and wellness hell that I was in a few years ago. I would train with him three or four times a week. He helped me with nutrition. Now it's more of a, you know, occasional check, check in. Um, but I love it and I cherish it so much. It's great for my body. Great for my mind because we chat, um, about all things. And, uh, it's a relationship. It's a, it's a brotherly relationship. And so it's hitting on everything the, the medicine is about disease prevention for the body, mind mm-hmm. and relationships. Um, so that is my medicine getting a little personal training sesh with my main man, Love Steven it. Steigler. Such a good dude. Mm. Such a good guy. He is such a gift to me. Yeah. What for you is medicine on this 80 degree January day. <laughs> is it going to be 80? And it is. Oh man, I might have to change my answer. <laughs> on this island. Um, my medicine today is goes along with our body 2021. And this morning when I was journaling, you know, every morning I've been asking how am I feeling in my body, in my mind and in my relationship or relationships. And today I just had this overwhelming feeling of that you know, when I got to the relationships part, I was thinking like the most important relationship is obviously that of with myself and how I'm treating myself, how I'm loving myself. What I'm, what's the inner dialogue that I'm giving myself? Um, because if that's not right, then 
we're not right. Other things aren't right in my life. And truly like meditating on that for a second and feeling like the relationship with myself, with my inner self, I don't think I've ever felt better. Mm. And a lot of times I have this tendency to move on to the next thing and the next and the next self-development and the next, and what else am I working on? And what else am I bringing in? What else, what other new habit, what other new book? And I, I need to more, I want to more, I am more. I want to sit in the feeling of that feels really good because this is something that I've been striving for, for a long time, feeling in a really, really good place in my insides and how I'm treating myself. Mm. So that. God, my that medicine makes, today. That makes me happy. Mm, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Mm. Oh my gosh. I kind of forgot we were on and I was just staring at you for a minute and I was just, love you. Love you too. All right, you guys, thanks for sticking with us and thanks for diving into these questions and under the red hat with us. I hope it resonated. I hope Getting deep. I hope the, I hope the people who ask the questions, um, are listening and that you feel like you had some nugget of wisdom that you can take into your day and into your, you know, experience. And, um, I hope that you guys can go into your day and spread some light, give a stranger a smile mm. and, um, just come to Coronado, California. Yeah. <laughs> take a couple steps outside of our, our, uh, lovely location here. And, uh, maybe we'll see you in the wild. Yeah. Love it. Open invite. <laughs> All right, you guys, go into your day and spread some light. We'll talk to you next time. Okay, bye. If you liked this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. This will ensure that every episode drops into your library automatically. And if you have a recommendation for a podcast guest or topic, you can always email themedicinepodcast at gmail.com. Remember, there's no E at the end of medicine. And let us know your big idea. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, cheers, boo.